It's Andrew Raycroft of Nesson. Razor is brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh, and by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning, the names to know when your drains don't flow to the Harbor One Hotline. Andrew Raycroft, Razor, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are we doing? We're pretty uh, doing pretty good. Uh, you're the goalie expert. What happened to the Sway Man up in Ottawa the other night? Wolf. Oh, well, yeah, it was, was not, not an ideal situation playing against uh, Ottawa Senators, back-to-back games, home opener. They had lost a few, and you're playing uh, fairly loose. Uh, and then when you give up the first two, you know that you're chasing the game, and it just watching it, uh, you know as a goaltender that just everything feels like it's going to go in, and every shot's a high-danger opportunity. I, it's nothing to panic about. It was one of those nights you never wanted at the start of the season because uh, the numbers look awful, everything looks terrible, but I don't, I don't expect this to be a consistent theme. All right, so what did you think of the decision to bench him after two periods? So they stuck with him. It was 3 nothing Ottawa, and then the Bruins fight back, and they make it 3-3. Then it's 6-3 Ottawa. He's still in the game. And then it's 6-5 at the intermission, and yet coming out for the third period, here comes Linus. As a goalie, what, what did you think of that decision? Rich, I love the, the, the question. I love the, the, the interest in it because I, I'm fascinated by it. And, and it's the new coach, and we're all trying to get a sense. He's changing the lines up a lot. He's changing the deep pairs a lot. And, and this is a, that decision with the goaltenders was very interesting. To do that on a back-to-back, typically – if you're the goalie, you play the first night of the back-to-back. The next night, you're eating hot dogs, you're eating popcorn, you might mix a Coke, maybe even a Coors Light or a beer in, because you know you're not going in. Especially after 42 saves at home against Florida, you got the win, you know you're not going in. And so, and 3 nothing, you might get a little nervous. 6-3, you might get nervous. But then David scores at the end of the second, you're free and clear. 6-5, there's no way I'm going in. And then you get the tap. So really interesting decision. I was surprised by it because even though it wasn't Swayman's night, at that point, give him another 20 minutes, maybe he makes a save and maybe they get through it. So interesting decision. Haven't talked to anyone about it. Not really sure what it went all in behind it, but it's a new coach and, and really interesting just to see how these decisions are, are being made on throughout the year. Yeah, at, at again, six goals allowed certainly wasn't his night, but it was also a one-goal game, and you're like, you know what, this is already a shootout. I, I probably would have kept Swayman out there for all the reasons that you just said. At, in your experience, whether you were the backup that night or the starter, is it more often, when the goalie change happens, isn't it more often like after a goal, like in the middle of the period, you're like, ah, screw it, let's make the change now, rather than starting a period fresh, or does this happen more than I think? No, so usually if it's in the first period, if it's three or four goals and say, you know, with five minutes left in the first, typically you let the guy get through the first period, then you move him into the second. Mm. In the game the other night, you could have definitely taken Swayman out after the fifth goal and midway through the second period being like, all right, this isn't your night, go for it. So usually you wait to try and get through the first period. You never really want to be taking a guy out in the, in the first. If it's, if it's that bad, it's four goals on eight shots and the guy's coming out, it's just real ugly. Usually you wait for the first. After that, typically it happens midway through the second. If, if you're getting to the, the third period, at that point you're probably letting them roll. One time I got put in with like seven minutes left on the road in Vancouver while I was in Dallas, and 
And and I I mean I almost quit. That was as close to I ever got in mid game. I looked at the guy like what that, it was the, the best part is the bench are right beside each other. As I'm getting ready, I knew a lot of the guys in Vancouver. They're dying laughing at me because I know I'm done for the night. And I have to go in there and play seven minutes of an eight two game. It was oh, that terrible. was embarrassing. Terrible. Andrew yeah. Andrew Raycroft with us. Do you think there's some sort of you know testing the mentals of Swayman going on here from uh, from Monty? Like, is there anything like that? Do you worry about Swayman mentally? Uh, yeah, like, like I don't know. It, it, it's so weird. Is this a test for this young guy? I don't think so. I, it doesn't – Coach Montgomery doesn't seem like the guy who's – and certainly early in the season wants to test guys. I don't think that – he's not a, a John Tortorella type where okay. you, you, would, you might think that. I, I don't see it this way. I think it was just a bad night, an off night, and they felt like that was the best time. And they also felt like they weren't embarrassing him because they took him out in between periods. That, that's, that's the deduction that I get to. It was an interesting change, though. Now, you mentioned all the line changes that we've seen through the first, what, four games of the season. I'm, I'm curious, how do you think somebody like David Krejci will deal with that? Because I would think the, the uh, you know, playing with David Posternock was one of the reasons why he chose to come back here and, and play in the NHL once again. And I'm, I assume he's still going to get a lot of ice time with him, but if it's not as much as he thought, how do you, how do you think that's going to play out? No, I think it's fine. I think it's under it, it, a lot of the reason is the injuries, and, and of course, Mar- once Marshawn comes back, he's staying with Patrice Bergeron, and then I think we see Krejci and and David together all the time. Um, it is. It's just been a lot of toggling and moving around the start of the year. I think because of the injuries, and also I think that the coaching staff just wants to get a feel for all of these guys and, and who plays well, and if they can see any kind of chemistry, any kind of connection. So. I'm not reading, again, not too much into it. It's just interesting with a new coach trying to get a sense of, of what they're looking for. Uh, what do you make of Taylor Hall's play so far? I've liked this game a lot. I think he's playing with purpose. He's using his speed. His He was really good with the Arizona Coyotes game. I thought he was in on the forecheck. I think he's playing a 200-foot responsible game at all times. Again, He's moving up and down different line mates at different times. So I think it's hard to get a sense of who he's going to mesh with the best. But I've, I've really liked his game. I think he's, he's been very consistent. Every night you know what you're going to get. He's moving his feet and, he, and he's making plays. He's really trying to look for the scene pass on the power play. I think he's being con- aggressive with his passing and, and taking pucks to the net. I've liked his game. So quickly, uh, will he? so the scoring will come? Yeah, I think they're going to get with Taylor Hall or with the team. No, I mean, with Taylor I Hall. Like, you know, they've yeah. been scoping. But, like, well, he starts got – like, he got off yeah. to a good start. And then it's like – I was a little surprised to hear you talk about his play because a lot of people have said, hey, look what look what's happening with this team and how come he isn't in more on the scoring. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, no, I think it's just – it's just the way it's kind of fallen for the team early on. I, I think he's – you saw him score in Washington opening night, and he was excited to do so. I think it's just it's just the way the last few games have gone. They've got a huge chip in from from the bottom six lines, but uh, and the power play hasn't been that that good. That's that's where Taylor's going to also chip in with a bunch of points, and, and they haven't been great with their entries early on. What do you think, uh, or what are your thoughts on the new guys in uh, Zaka and AJ Greer? Well, A.J. Greer has continued. Uh, really nice to see him get his three goals here in the last few games, carry through the training camp. That's the hardest part for guys like him to 
get into the regular season and continue the momentum because the game changes, it gets faster. And a lot of times that guys haven't made rosters, it's because of that. And once the, the, the regular season flips on, it can be difficult to get pace. He's done that, and he's got off to a great start, which is going to carry him for the next little while. Pavel Zaka's got all the tools in the toolbox. He can shoot, he can skate. I think he's finding his way through the lineup. But again, he's had early success. He's got on the score sheet. And he's just a guy, he's an NHL player that's going to find his way. It will be interesting to see where he checks in. He's played with David. He's played with Patrice now. So is he, what is he going forward? It'll be interesting, but, but certainly a a big add for this Bruins team, added size and strength. Andrew Raycroft with Gresham Keefe. He's with us on the Harbor One hotline. Um, is Craig Smith in the doghouse? He was a healthy scratch against the Senators. Is there any smoke or fire there, or is this just an overreaction and a silly question? Well, guys, I'm on Twitter as well, at Andrew Raycroft. <laughs> you can follow me. My DMs are full. Oh, uh, and, and I did get a DM from Tom Smith, which I can assume is Craig Smith's brother. Has to be. Who said that he's trying to just – find his way and i don't think he's in the dog he, they, he doesn't assume that he's in the doghouse he doesn't mm-hmm. feel that way and anyway there's no controversy there uh, he's had a slow start new coach uh and and he's quite honestly just been out competed by the aj greers and, and by the the laucos you need to get him in the lineup so on a back-to-back traveling that's a good opportunity as well so i listen i, I still believe they need craig smith in this lineup to be deep and to be hard to play against and to have that third line scoring or that depth scoring, but he just hasn't got off to that great start. So he, he's a pro he'll get back at it. And I, I don't see a controversy or a doghouse situation. I think it was just one of those nights where they found a way to get Lauko in the lineup. Pasternak's obviously out to a great start. He's got eight points in four games. And I feel like we'll probably end up asking you about this every week of the year until there's some sort of resolution. But is there a point where you start to get worried that they don't have a deal done? Like, do you expect the deal to get done during the season, or is this one that we probably won't get a deal done until the end of the year? I think we could see a deal done today, tomorrow, three months from now, any time during the season. I don't think this is a situation where it's it's on hold until the end of the year. What we just saw, it's interesting. NHL just did some business this week, and it came out the NHL had their governor's meeting in New York talking about salary cap. And there's still an escrow issue for the players that they're trying to get to the number through the COVID years, where if they do get to that number, there's $4 million going to be added to the salary cap next year. If they don't, then it's only going to be $1 million. So I think a lot of these big deals are being held up by those numbers. That changes everything for the Bruins going forward. That changes everything for David Pasternak going forward. If I'm a player, I would like to see if that number goes to four because if I'm the best player, I'm going to take a little bit more of that number than what the bottom six defenseman's going to take. So I, I think there's a lot of that at play more so than what the Bruins and what David actually want from each other. I think it's more a matter of letting the dust settle a little bit to see how much dollars are actually available for everybody in the summer. Razor, uh, tell us a little bit about the Ducks. They're on tap tonight. What do you know about Anaheim? Well, they're horrible defensively, so we should see a lot of goals again tonight, I would expect. They are a talented team up front with the likes of Trevor Zegris, one of the best young, talented players in the NHL who just goes forward all the time. Again, 
no defense played at all. So I look to the Bruins to get back to a little bit more of a defensive way. I think they've got their tower buzz. Anytime you give up seven goals, even if it's kind of understood why it happened, you're going to lock down a little bit more defensively. And if they do that against the the Ducks, they're going to get more than enough opportunities offensively. So I look for the Bruins to get back on track, and I look for them to play a little bit more structurally sound, a little bit more solid on the backside or in the defensive zone. All right, so, uh, Razor, you said that you're uh, big on Twitter, at Andrew Raycroft. Of course, your DMs are open. Were people DMing you Charleston versus Charlestown the other night? It's kind of my accent, my Canadianism comes out. I, I really didn't no, but no, I didn't hear about it at all. I, I didn't really mean to say it. I'm down in the ringside and doing a whole new thing, so I apologize if it sounded like I said it horribly wrong. But I, I do live here. I've been here 20 years. I know <laughs> yeah. what the towny vibe is over there. I, I know I'm not in North Carolina. Or South Carolina. We, uh, exactly. Yeah, we we uh, we defended you. Someone had mentioned it once, and we put out a big statement on your behalf, being like, "Hey, it's just the Canadian in you." Is there a Charleston or Charlestown anywhere in Canada? It feels like it's a U.S. thing. No, it's a U.S. thing. It's a U.S. thing. We have Charlottetown in Prince Edward Island, but that's again that we. I would say it a little less town. I, Charlottetown. Is, is kind of the way it comes out of my mouth. So, I, again, I'll emphasize it better next time. I Hopefully I didn't offend anybody. Yeah, these, and these. thank you, Gresham Keefe Show, for coming to my defense. Well, anytime. Uh, yeah, anytime. And we had a texter who'd sent it in like three times to make sure we asked you about it. So now they got their, <laughs> they got their answer awesome. as well. Yep. Uh, Andrew yeah. Raycroft of Nesson, thank you, friend. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Appreciate you. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Have a day.